Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Truth with Susie Ann. And this is your host, Susie Ann. Okay, so we're at the part three of our ornamentation series. And um, this part is about makeup. When I was doing this research, I laughed so much. I didn't know all of the things that I did know. Uh, it was really funny. Trust me. And it's going to be funny for you too, to find out that a lot of what we are doing today is just a matter of a, a, a whole... A whole lot of ridiculousness. <laughs> we don't even have people to look up to. You know, that's a funny thing. The things that we do nowadays that we think are okay. And um, we think that it gives us some form of honor. You know, we don't have, we don't even have ancestors that uh, believed in Yahuwah that, you know, made some big contribution with these things. You know, they were not like true believers, like any Jewish or, you know, you know, nowhere back into the original peoples of Yahuwah that did these things. But we do have people, however, I should tell you, we do have people back then that did do these things who were dishonorable. So again, we come back to the Bible. So the history of makeup was actually done by Christy Tillery French and also by Molly Edmonds. Let's begin. So I'm going to um, go between what um, Christy Tillery French wrote and what Molly Edmonds wrote by saying CTF or ME so just follow along so CTF the earliest historical record of makeup comes from the first dynasty of Egypt that's um, 3100 to 2907 BC or is it 31002907 whatever yeah bc and again egypt comes ranks number one for vanity tombs from this era have revealed ungent jars which in later periods were scented ungent is a substance that was extensively used by men and women to keep their skin hydrated and supple to avoid wrinkles from the dry heat the women of Egypt also decorated their eyes by applying dark green color to the underlid and blackening the lashes and the upper lid with coal, which was made from antimony, a metallic element, or soot. It is believed that Jews adopted the use of makeup from the Egyptians. Listen carefully. Since references to the painting of faces appear in the Old Testament section of the Bible, And Emmy wrote, the first use of prototype cosmetics is usually traced back to the Asian Egyptians. Many Egyptian tombs contain makeup canisters and kits. Cleopatra used lipstick that got its hue 
from ground carmine beetles, while other women use clay mixed with water to color their lips. Most notable, though, was the ancient Egyptians' use of coal. Both men and women would paint the coal a mixture of metal, lead, copper, ash, and burnt almonds all around their eyes. So picture a football player with grease paint under his eye combined with Tammy Faye Baker and her excessive use of mascara. The circles of coal were meant to ward off the evil eye and dangerous spirits and were also handy in deflecting the harsh desert sun. In recent years, scientists have determined that the coal makeup may have inadvertently helped the Egyptians ward off infectious diseases. The lead, the lead, sorry, would kill off bacteria, though if the Egyptians had had longer lifespans, the lead might have eventually killed them off as well. And that source is coming from Banu. So CTF writing again. Roman philosopher Platus, that's from 254 to 184 BC, wrote, A woman without paint is like food without salt. Of course, Platus was a dramatist, which would explain his preference for the look of a painted woman at that time. Romans widely used cosmetics by the middle of the 1st century AD. Coal was used for darkening eyelashes and eyelids, chalk was used for whitening the complexion, and rouge was worn on the, the cheek. Depilatories were utilized at that time, and pumice was used for cleaning the teeth. Women wore white lead and chalk on their faces in Greco-Roman society. Persian women used henna dyes to stain their hair and faces with the belief that these dyes enabled them to summon the majesty of the earth. <laughs> During the European Middle Ages, pale skin was a sign of wealth. Sixth century women sought drastic measures to achieve that look by bleeding themselves, although in contrast, Spanish prostitutes wore pink makeup. 13th century affluent women donned pink lipstick as proof they could afford synthetic makeup. During the Italian Renaissance, lead paint was used to lighten the face, which was very damaging to the wearer. Aquatofana was a popular face powder named for its creator, Signora Tofana. Made from arsenic, Signora Tofana instructed her rich clientele to apply the makeup only when their husbands were around. It's interesting to note that Tofana was executed, was executed some 600 dead husbands later. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to laugh. Cosmetics were seen as a health threat in Elizabethan England, although women wore egg whites over their faces for a glazed look. During the reign of Charles II, heavy makeup began to surface as a means to contradict the pallor. 
from being inside due to illness epidemics. During the French Restoration in the 18th century, red rouge and lipstick were used to give the impression of a healthy, fun-loving spirit. Eventually, people in other countries became repulsed by excessive makeup and claimed the painted French had something to hide. During the Regency era, the most important item was rouge, which was used by most everyone. At that time, eyebrows were blackened and hair was dyed to prevent a low hairline. A forehead bandage dipped in vinegar in which cat's dung had been steeped was worn. Most of the country dwellers' makeup recipes made use of herbs, flowers, fat, brandy, vegetables, spring water, and of course crushed strawberries. During this era, white skin signified a life of leisure, while skin exposed to the sun indicated a life of outdoor labor. In order to maintain a pale complexion, women wore bonnets, carried parasols, and covered all visible parts of their bodies with whiteners and blemish removers. Unfortunately, more than a few of these remedies were lethal. The most dangerous beauty aids during this time were white lead and mercury. They not only eventually ruined the skin, but also caused hair loss, stomach problems, the shakes, and could even cause death. Although women today might like to joke about how they suffer for beauty, women who use the lead-based serous often ended up with muscle paralysis or in their graves. These dangers became known through the death of courtesan Kitty Fisher. The majority of women continued to use these deadly whiteners. During the 1800s, women would use belladonna to make their eyes appear more luminous, even though they were aware it was poisonous. Many cosmetics were made by local pharmacists, known as apothecaries in England, and common ingredients included mercury and nitric acid. Hair dye was made from coal tar, which is now illegal in America. It might interest you to know that men wore makeup until the 1850s. George V spent a, or George IV rather, uh, yes, spent a fortune on cold cream, powders, paste, and scents. However, not all men wore makeup. As many looked upon a man with rouge cheeks as a dandy. Not anymore. <laughs> Here are some beauty tips, beauty tip recipes utilized during the 1800s. Here are the recipes. Now for freckle removal, bruise for freckle removal, bruise and squeeze the juice out of chickweed. Add three times its quantity of soft water, then bathe the skin for five to 10 minutes, morning and evening. As a wash for the complexion, one teaspoon of flour of sulfur and a wine glass full of lime water, well shaken and mixed with half a wine glass of glycerin and a wine glass of rose water. Rub on the face every night before going to bed. To keep hair from turning gray, 
Four ounces of hulls of butternuts were infused with a quart of water, to which half an ounce of copper was, was added. This was to be applied with a soft brush every two to three days. For wrinkle removal, melt one ounce of white wax, add two ounces of juice of lily bulbs, two ounces of honey, two drams of rose water, and a drop or two of odor of roses and use twice a day. So that's it for recipes, beauty tip recipes that were used in the 1800s. Moving on, Victorians abhorred makeup and associated its use with prostitutes and actresses. Many considered them one and the same. Any visible hint of tampering with one's natural color would be looked upon with disdain. Queen Victoria, 1819-1901, made a public declaration that makeup was vulgar and improper due to its connection with prostitutes. At that time, a respectable woman would use home-prepared face masks, most of which were based on foods such as oatmeal, honey, and egg yolk. For cleansing, rose water or scented vinegars were used. As a beauty regimen, a woman would pluck her eyebrows, massage castor oil into her eyelashes, use rice powder to dust her nose, and buff her nails to shine. Lipstick was not used, but clear pomade would be applied to add sheen. However, some of these products contained a dye to discreetly enhance natural lip color. For a healthy look, red beet juice would be rubbed into the cheeks or the cheeks would be pinched out of sight, of course. For bright eyes, a drop of lemon juice in each eye would do the trick. When makeup began to resurface, full makeup was still seen as sinful, although natural tones were accepted to give a healthy pink cheek look. The real evolution actually began during the 1910s. By then, women made their own form of mascara by adding hot beads of wax to the tips of their eyelashes. Some women would use petroleum jelly for this purpose. The first mascara formulated was named after Mabel, or Mabel, the the sister of its creator T.L. Williams, who utilized this method. This mascara is known today as Maybelline. In 1914, Max Factor introduced this pancake makeup. Vogue featured Turkish women using henna to outline their eyes, and the movie industry immediately took interest. This technique made the eyes look larger, and the word vamp became associated with these women, vamp being short for vampire. During this decade, the first pressed powders were introduced, which included a mirror and puff for touch-ups. Pressed powder blush followed soon after. The lipstick metal case invented by Maurice Levi became popular. Also during this time, lipstick was tattooed onto the lips by George Burchett, who was also known as the beauty doctor. This method did not always work, and you can imagine the terrible consequences. The earliest version of an acid peel was 
utilized at this time, which was a combination of acid and electric currents applied to the skin. Also, a needle would be used to insert paraffin to the eye area and cheeks, although this too was not very successful. Nivea cream made its appearance in Germany and companies in order to compete began creating creams consisting of Vaseline mixed with fragrance. To help with sagging jaws and double chins, women would purchase, women could purchase for wear, a weird looking contraption with chin straps, which obviously did not work. However, the Victorian look remained in fashion until mass makeup marketing came about during the 1920s. The newly emancipated woman of America began to display her independence by free use of red lipstick, which was often scented with cherry. By the late 20s, visible makeup was considered a must by rural women who was still frowned upon by the country girls. During this decade, lip gloss was introduced by Max Factor. New shades of red lipstick were developed, although they were soap-based and very drying. The first eyelash curler came on the scene called Curlash. Even though it was expensive and difficult to use, this did not detract from its popularity. Mascara in cake and cream form was extremely vague. From the 1930s through the 1950s, various movie stars proved to be the models for current trends in makeup and also the current trends for every other vanity that I've read about since we started this series. They were the ones to promote this, not Yahuwah's people. Remember Audrey Hepburn's deeply outlined cat eyes? With the 60s and the hippies came a more liberated makeup look. From white lips and Egyptian lined eyes to painted images on faces. Heavenly lined eyes continued through the 70s and 80s with a wide range of eyeshadow colors. Today's trend seems to have reverted to the more natural look with a blending of styles from the past. In today's world, a woman has literally hundreds of cosmetics to choose from, with a wide variety of colors and uses. For a younger look, the options available are as simple as skin hydrators and rejuvenators, advancing to chemical skin peels, the now popular Botox, collagen injections, and ending with the more drastic surgical facelift. It is important to reflect on one's inner beauty as the real beauty of a woman. Outer beauty will not remain forever, no matter what drastic measures are taken. We have all heard the saying, the eyes are the windows to the soul. Look into our own orbits, take stock of the woman inside, and be happy with who you are. This will reflect on your outlook on life, which will send a message to others and will be returned to you through their reactions to the beautiful you. Well said, Christy, well said. And now we will be moving on to the other part of this presentation. 
So we're at health risks. The source is coming from Cure Joy. In a world where your life is judged by how great you look in your Facebook posts and Instagram pics, there is a constant expectation to look, look your best all the time, wanting to always be selfie ready. However, it comes at a price. The makeup industry has been telling women for years how a little foundation and dash of mascara can live, liven up your face instantly. While that may be true, Applying makeup every day can have several harmful side effects on your skin and body. And just to let you know, makeup is also marking your skin, not just tattoos. It's just that makeup is temporary, while tattoos are permanent. Just adding that in there. Number one, headaches. Chemicals like diazolidinyl urea and DMDM hydapoin, both of which tend to release formaldehyde, are a common ingredient in many cosmetic products and are used as an antimicrobial preservative. These chemicals have been known to cause headaches, irritation of the mucous membranes and cause damage to the eyes. If you have been suffering from headaches and can't figure out why, try going easy on the makeup for a few days to see if the headache goes away. Number two, hair problems. With changing trends in fashion, there's also a wave of hair trends that come along. Hair products like hair gels, hair serums, shampoos, conditioners, and hairsprays contain several harmful chemicals, which set your hair the way you want but end up damaging your hair in the long run. Extensive use of chemical-based hair products could lead to dandruff, scalp redness, thinning of hair, and even loss of hair. Long-term use of hair color could also lead to hair discoloration. Number three, acne. This is a common side effect of makeup the most woman, that most women would have experienced. Your skin is as much a part of your body as any other organ. It also needs to breathe and grow. When you cover your skin with makeup, you also end up clogging it. Some types of makeup which are in the form of liquids and creams clogs the pores in your skin. This leads to the formation of blackheads and which when not cleaned regularly can form acne. So make sure you clean your makeup thoroughly with a natural cleanser before going to bed. And I would say just don't wear makeup at all because sometimes you don't remember to clean sometimes you come home and you're tired and you just fall asleep with it on your face because like we're human number four skin allergies chemicals known as parabens which include ethyl paraben butyl paraben and isopropyl paraben are used as preservatives to prevent bacterial growth in cosmetics. Parabens are, can cause various allergic reactions like skin irritation, blotches, and blemishes on the skin. Another common allergen in cosmetics in, is salicylate, which can cause an outbreak of painful rashes or hives if you have sensitive skin. In many cases, the allergic reaction is not apparent until the symptoms become severe. Read the label for parabens before you buy. 
Number five, eye infections. Eye makeup is used extensively, even by women who don't use heavy makeup. But it's important to remember that your eyes and the skin around them is the most sensitive area of your face. Layers of eye makeup can be damaging to your eyes, as it also slips into your eyes through the corners causing irritation. Too much mascara and eyeliner inhibits the growth of eyelashes and also becomes a breeding ground for bacteria which could lead to irritations and infections. Number six, infertility. And this is a big one because people really, you know, a lot of people are losing their babies. Not talking about the ones that are killing them. I mean, people who really want to have babies are losing babies and they have no idea why. Skincare products and deodorants are directly absorbed by your skin. Again, why I do not like the whole thought of lasering out a tattoo so that the skin can absorb the ink. You see, this, this cannot be good. We should not be putting things inside of our bodies that are not good for our bodies. Leave the synthetic things to synthetic people. So again, let me start. Skincare products and deodorants are directly absorbed by your skin, so it's very likely that the chemicals used in these products also seep into your body. A study conducted on rats found that butylparaben adversely affects the secretion of testosterone and the function of the male reproduction system. So yeah, we are affecting the men. Though the consumers of cosmetics are majorly women, it's still important to note the adverse effects parabens can have on the reproduction system. Parabens are widely used in the skincare industry and even products labeled natural could have parabens. Because like people lie, tell lies on their labels like every day. We really don't know who's telling the truth from who's lying. And even if somebody finds out, it's usually years after before they find out, oh, that this was causing this all these years. And that's ha- that, you know, th- at that time, the damage has already been done. Number seven, premature aging. When you use skin products for a longer period of time, the chemicals present, the chemicals present tend to permanently damage your skin. With time, you could begin to see skin aging signs like wrinkles or patchiness on your face and body. While makeup does help you hide or cover flaws in your skin, the long-term effects could be counterproductive. Also, considering how big the the anti-aging products market is, cosmetic companies have no incentive to reduce the aging effects of makeup. I hope you heard that. Number eight, hormonal imbalance. Prolonged use of cosmetics can have an impact on your endocrine system and interfere with the functioning of the thyroid gland. Triclosan is a commonly used chemical compound and can be found in products like acne removal scrubs and deodorants to keep them free of germs. With regular use, triclosan gets absorbed and accumulated in your body and affects the thyroid gland, causing an imbalance in the hormonal secretions. This could lead to thyroid-related conditions like headaches, weight gain, and depression. 
things to think about people things to think about number nine cancer many of the chemical based cosmetics available in the stores today contain toxic ingredients that could cause cancer with regulations in place there is testing being done on the ingredients before the products can be sold however cosmetic companies need only to prove that there will be no immediate harmful results so there is no conclusive research done on the long-term effects of all the ingredients try to avoid products with the following ingredients formaldehyde and formaldehyde releasing preservatives such as quaternium 15 diazolidinyl urea imidazolidinyl urea DMDM high dantoin and 2-bromo-2 nitropropane 1 and 3-diol. So those are formaldehyde releasing preservatives. Also avoid products with phenacetin, coal tar, benzene, untreated or mildly treated mineral oils, ethylene oxide, chromium, cadmium and its compounds, arsenic, crystalline silica or quartz. And I think I've seen, I think I've seen stuff with crystalline. I think it's quite common actually for them to put crystalline silica, 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 sorry, crystalline silica in um in products so um just to just before i finish this um i should let you know it's not only for people who wear makeup it's also for us that don't wear makeup that buy products just to use for every day to day like day to day um cleansing like washing our hair and stuff because um you know satan really does set traps for us people so we also have to be vigilant and sober over these things that we use such as the lotions and you know the moisturizers for our hair or anything like that we need to be more vigilant and sober of what is inside of these things before we buy them 10 skin discoloration Skin products like sunscreens, moisturizers, toners, and creams contain agents that bleach or darken the skin. Cosmetic products that use poor quality ingredients which have not been regulated can lead to skin discoloration. The effect could be patches, pigmentation, uneven skin tone, redness, and freckles. Though your skin is meant to protect you, it is also very sensitive and needs to be treated with care. So avoid using chemical products for your daily skincare routine. Use chemical based, using chemical-based cosmetics regularly can have adverse effects on your skin and could even lead to permanent damage. The best way to avoid these side effects of makeup is by reducing the use of cosmetics and switching to a natural, either using natural or herbal products. So if we can use things that the creator made that is good for us, you know, on our face, skin, hair, 
then that will be great. Not the one, not the products that they say are natural, but using the actual thing. If you can understand. So the next part of this presentation again, we will be moving on to what the Bible says about it. So let me first refer to what Romans 1 verses 22 to 25 says. And uh, a lot of us try to specify um, a verse to make it mean just one thing. So that we can exclude the things that we want to do. But one thing we should learn about the word of Yah is that it is very powerful. And it covers more than what we think it covers. In Romans 1 verses 22 to 25, it says, Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible Elohim, which we look like. Thank you. We were made in his image. It says, And changed the glory of the uncorruptible Elohim into an image made like corruptible man. So we start to, to follow the image of corruptible man and what man says is acceptable. And to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And when we look around us now, how people do their makeup, they don't do their makeup to look human. They do their makeup to look like animals. People love to do cat eye makeup to make their eyes look like cats because they don't, obviously, we don't like our own eyes. We like cat eyes, you know. We, we put in um, eye contacts um, to change the shape of our nuclei to look like beasts and um, to change the color of it. And we, we change the color right here to look like the color of some, um, the fur of some beasts. Uh, our nails, we, we do them very long to look like claws of birds. I mean, all of these are the images of corruptible man or of beasts. None of these are human. What's human is what we were born with, what we're seeing happening naturally. So it says here, Wherefore, Elohim also gave them up to the uncleanness, to uncleanness through the loss of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And when people look at this part, they think only homosexual, they think only um, immorality and fornication. That's not the only way we can um, dishonor our bodies. We dishonor our bodies by destroying our bodies with all of these chemical compounds and the stuff we put inside of us. So it says here, who change the truth of Elohim into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. So when we change our original creation, which is outlined that we look like our creator, we were made in the image of our creator. But day to day, we get up and we paint our faces to look like an animal. You know, we try to look ethereal and un- un- um, otherworldly, like a fairy, like some type of other creature that was created. 
we in our lifestyle we serve the creature more than honor the creator because when we leave ourselves alone you know give ourselves you know leave the body to peace you know and appreciate what we have in our appreciation of our natural form we honor our creator because all of these things as the bible says corruptible man what are corruptible are you know fake nails ornaments um fake eyelashes all the fake 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 synthetic makeup all of that it's all corruptible it's not gonna last forever the only person that's gonna last forever is our Elohim. And when we look in the mirror, we are reminded of that because we are in his image. And um, not only the Bible says here in Romans 1:32, who knowing the judgment of Elohim, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only to do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And I spoke in um, the part two of the ornamentation series about tattoos that people are out there promoting these things that we should actually be set apart from the bible says that we who promote these things are just as guilty as the ones doing them because there's people out there and this is i always hate this because i've seen many videos i actually have seen three in the last two months that at one moment, we're speaking against the thing. And um, at the, 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 the other, or at the end of the video, we're saying, Oh, but there's no, there's no real problem in doing this. Or I don't have a problem with this, with, with people doing this. This is just my personal opinion. Look, if you're going to speak against something, don't be cowardly about it or just don't speak against it at all. The Bible says that someone who is double-minded is unstable in all his ways. So it's either we're going to speak against it or we're not going to speak against it. If it's something that I don't like, even if it's my personal opinion, I just don't like it. Because if I don't like it overall, I'm not going to like it on you either. And that's just being a real person and not being a hypocrite. The problem in this world is that everybody's too busy minding their own business. And when they're actually supposed to be minding their own business, they're minding Satan's business. The Bible says that we are to, to look out for the wealth of others. We should care about our brother, be our brother's keeper. So even if I, if I find biblical proof and I find grounds unto which this thing is wrong, then I should share it with you and share it with you with the conviction that yes, indeed, this is wrong and what I don't like for myself, I wouldn't like it for you either. If I see it as hurtful to me, it's going to be hurtful for you too. If I think my soul is at risk by doing this, then I'm going to think that your soul is at risk for doing it too. If you choose not to listen to me, after I... If after I advise you, after I counsel you, then that's your choice. But I'm never going to tell a person that, oh, I don't have a problem with, with, um, with you doing this personally. No, I would be lying. I would be being a hypocrite. 
The Bible says the fear of Yahuwah is to hate evil. So if I love Yahuwah and if I fear him, I would hate evil just as much as he hates it. If it offends him, it's going to offend me. So we need to stop telling people things um, that, that we have found out that are wrong in this cowardly way. This moment we're telling them this thing is wrong and the next moment we're telling them, oh, it's not wrong. What is it that we're really trying to portray? Just state the facts and leave it there. Don't try to be friends with everybody because you're not going to be friends. There are people who, it doesn't matter how friendly you state this thing, they're still not going to like it. They're still going to hate you for pointing out the facts. I love all of you that are listening to me. And this is why I'm telling you this. If I didn't love you, then I wouldn't tell you. The Bible says open rebuke is better than secret love. So if I can save our brother tomorrow from falling into a ditch, I don't care if the person hates me. I don't care if they think I'm legalistic. I don't I really just don't care what they think. If I'm going to say it, I'm going to be straight about it. If you get offended because I'm stating the facts that I found out, then I'm sorry that it offended you. But I'm not sorry for telling you this. I'm not sorry for enlightening you. I'm not going to leave you in the dark just to make you feel good about yourself. And we should never ever do that as believers. Because it's not going to have any form of end. All it's going to lead to is destruction and eternal death. You might hate me now, but who knows, in the future, you might hear it again. Or you might come to the realization. And then you remember that you heard it from me. And then it will be all worth it. So please, let us, when we're spreading the good news and even the bad news about some things but I guess it's good news even if we're telling people that certain things are bad about them or bad about their life choices because it will help them to change help us I'm just saying let's just be straight about it even if we're being loving about it we don't have to play hypocrites because it doesn't make sense So, let us continue. In the Bible, it talks about Jezebel when Jehu was um, told that he would have the kingdom. When Jehu went to Jezebel, Jezebel thought she could um, somehow seduce him. And Queen Jezebel actually painted her face to go and meet Jehu only to really meet her death. And the Bible also refers to that as well here in Jeremiah 4 verse 30 when um, Yahuwah was speaking through Jeremiah to the Yashraelites. He says, And when thou art spoiled, what wilt thou do? Though thou closest thyself with crimson, 
Though thou deckest thee with ornaments of gold, though thou rentest thy face with painting, in vain shalt thou make thyself fair. Thy lovers will despise thee. They will seek thy life. Now, notice the Bible says that though we rent our face with painting, which means that what we're putting on our faces is actually destroying it. Can you imagine the Bible referring to that, to the makeup we're putting on on our face as renting? We're renting our face. That's, that's how he looks at it. And yet we see these things and we ignore it. We ignore the advice that Yahweh is giving to us and telling us that what we're doing is vain. Because when destruction comes upon us, how will the makeup help us? That's basically what he's saying. You know, the thing that we're holding on to that we don't want to let go, how is it going to help us in times of trouble? Is it worth it? Is it worth it any at all? He says in Ezekiel 7 verses 20, he says, As for the beauty of his ornament, which is us, he said it in majesty. But they made the images of their abominations and their detestable things therein. Therefore have I set it far from them. So he's removed majesty from us because we have not, we have chosen vanity over his glory so he has removed it far from us remember he even caused Moses face to shine so he can he can even affect how we look the Bible says that he will beautify the meek with salvation but we we don't want to hear that We don't want to hear that he can do it because we don't want his type of beautification. We want the world's type of beautification, which is why the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things which are in the world. Because whoever has the love of the world, the love of the father is not in him. So let us reevaluate what our purpose is and reject the world. Let us hold on to the beauty that he has given us. In Isaiah 43 verse 7, he says, Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. So he has created us for his glory and not our own glory. Not for us to look pretty for ourselves and give glory to ourselves, but to give glory and honor and majesty to him. And he says, if we, he says, whoever honors him, he will honor them. And that is written in 1 Samuel 2 verses 30. And in that same verse, it actually says that, Whosoever despises me will be lightly esteemed. Which is exactly why he said in Isaiah that even though you'll put on all this makeup and look pretty, 
and do all these things to yourselves. He says, your lovers will despise thee. They will seek thy life. And sometimes we wonder, and I'm talking to women now, sometimes we wonder why we keep ending up in these types of relationships. It's because we're attracting the wrong type of people. Because when we use the wrong methods to attract people, we will attract wrong people. And when we attract wrong people, they can't love us the way that they should love us. That we should be loved, rather. So it will be turned into hate. So what seemed beautiful at the start, when it gets down into the belly, it becomes bitter. So let us understand that people who love the world will love worldly women. And people who love Yah will love Yah's woman. His daughters. That as he said, he set them in majesty. He says the daughter of Zion is comely. Don't we want to be like that? Don't we want to be as comely as he made us? Think on these things. Thank you for tuning in. To check out more or to contact me, you can reach me at Wattpad at Kaleidoscope the Pen or on WordPress at Little Kaleidoscope Girl. Or on Telegram at Kodeshim Royale. Or you can email me at littlekaleidoscopegirl at gmail.com. Thank you and until next time.